thank you for joining us yet again for That's All Life, the podcast for PR pros and marketers who work for themselves. I am Michelle Kane. My company is Voice Matters. I'm here as always with my lovely co-host, Karen Swim. She leads us all over at Solo PR Pro. And how are you today, Karen? It's February. It's been month. I'm good, Michelle. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I mean, yeah, it's a it's a short month. It's a hopeful month. We're starting to see that that sunlight last a little longer in those days that we get sunlight, yeah. <laughs> which is promising. And yeah, it's it's been a buzzy month, which I'm not going to complain too much about, except it's like, okay, give me a second. Everyone, just give me a second. So, yeah, but today we're continuing our conversations on DEI and diversity. And really, you know, we know a lot of organizations come with that challenge of, okay, well, how do we make sure we're doing this? And how do we make sure we're doing it right? And where does a PR person come in to kind of help, you know, offer advice or or provide some kind of guidance in that respect? So it's, we're gonna, we're gonna hit it hard and fast and try and try and give you some juicy tidbits to think on. I love that. And I mean, and we really are discussing this from the PR practitioner's perspective about guiding and leading clients through these discussions, not as DEI experts. I just want to make that super clear because neither of us, that's not our area of expertise. No, 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 it's not. It's a whole, that is a whole deep field. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. So so yeah, so it, you know, we I love that organizations are actually taking this on and that they're cognizant of it. You know, that it extends beyond do we have enough ladies in this group? It's like really guys. Yeah. <laughs> Check the calendar. I agree. <laughs> yeah. And I have to say, no, that's certainly made its made its strides, but you know, as we were talking off air, you know, the area I live in is predominantly white. And so, you know, as much as you might try, you know, have the desire, how do you do that in a genuine way? Yeah. You know, that that doesn't feel contrived or, or incredibly awkward. And I, I mean, honestly, if I were advising my clients, I, I would I might advise them just, you know, well, well, don't just go for it right away. Start start doing subtle, organic what feels right things within your organization, whether that's types of events you sponsor, even lunches that you have with people, you know, start on a personal level and really make those relationships happen is, is a bit of advice I would give to some of the people I deal with. Yeah. I think for companies, one thing that I like to keep in mind is that when it comes to DEI, a big portion of this is identifying where your blind spots are. And as a communicator, I'm always going to advocate for knowing who your audience is and understanding how to not only talk to them, but to represent them. And so, yeah, you may be a company that is physically based in a location where there's very little diversity but is that reflective of your audience? And, you know, of course we know that diversity is, is not just race and gender and ethnicity, but it's also diversity of thought, diversity of experience. If you are a predominantly white company and you only work with people who graduated from an Ivy league school, you are really narrowing your lens. 
and seeing the world through a very similar lens that could prohibit you from reaching your full audience. And so, you know, take a step back and and I do value and believe in having experts that can help you to do audits of where those blind spots are, not just you. Because again, if it's just you and you're all the same and you all look the same and you all are coming from the same worldview, you're not going to be effective in in really understanding what your challenges are. Right, right. And from a business point of view, you know, don't you want your audience to be comprised of more opportunity, you know, people that present more opportunity to you and, you know, how how barrier driven is it that you were only thinking amongst, you know, perhaps your people group or the people you went to school with? And, you know, it's you might think, oh, well, this this is a big enough pull, but the, the opportunity, not just for uh, business growth, but for growth in general and, and innovation is is out there. And how exciting is that? Yeah. I mean, there was this article that um, we'll drop into the into the show notes that talks about the benefits of a diverse organization. And it, and it does go beyond just the communications. Number one, um, there is a colleague, Lola Bakari, who works with companies to tie diversity initiatives to their bottom line. There is a financial benefit to companies being diverse. There are also other benefits that could tie into the bottom line. And this article brings out some of those things. When you have a diversity of perspectives, you really become a more innovative company. You you have different ways of solving challenges because you're bringing together people that have different world experiences, different cultural viewpoints, um, different perspectives. That's healthy for your company. And so far too often... People think of diversity is is solving the racism problem, and it goes so far beyond that, so far beyond that. And while I am passionate about that as well, on a personal level, being a diverse organization cannot be just to check that box. And right. and and if I am being one hundred percent honest, I hate companies that simply think that you make a checklist and you check those boxes because that's not true diversity, right? That is doing something for it's theater. It It's not change, but there are so many facets and layers to this. And we know that as much as so many people want this to happen immediately, there really has to be a long-term commitment to not just achieving objectives, but to making the behavioral and cultural shifts internally to truly be diverse. And if you're starting from ground zero, that's going to take some work because as human beings, we all know that adopting new habits and changing, shifting the whole way that we look at things is not an overnight process. If it was, I promise you that I would probably be in a bikini today, but <laughs> not there, not yet, <laughs> not today, not on February 16th when we're doing this broadcast because habits take time to change. Um, so I think we have to, you know, help companies to understand that. And as we do as communicators, we have to start to think about it in bite-sized pieces. As we're planning campaigns, are we looking through a narrow lens? What can we do to diversify that? How can we help our client organizations to identify 
that narrowness from which they're seeing the world? How can we bring in other voices and opinions to help them open up their world and to invite in some of those differing perspectives to invite creativity? Yeah, no, that that's very true. And, and I think, of course, the, the wisdom of doing it slow and from the ground up makes sense, but it also helps people viewing you from the outside in because people can tell when you're just doing it as theater. They can yeah. tell. And it, it may not be an epiphany that they're having, but subconsciously they can tell. So you're hurting yourselves, you're hurting your your audience, you're hurting your potential if you just decide to to do the checkbox method. I mean, that's Yeah. You know, because like you said, it's nothing that's going to be solved well by by fourth quarter we're going to have done X. You know, it's like, no, that's that's not quite how this works. So it really is, you know, an organic shift from within and it really has to become part of your culture in so many ways. Yeah. And that takes time. It, you, know, you know, and it, it, it's intentionality, right? Yes, exactly. About it. And so in the beginning, I mean, just like, you know, any change that you're starting, it doesn't feel natural at first, but it right. takes it ha- you have to have an intentional effort. So you may have the will to make that change, which is a great starting point. And so you do things, you do, you need those programs. And I say, put accountability standards in place for yourself. Right. So there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, we have a board of directors and we want to add two, you know, people of color to our board by the end of this year. That is something that you can hold yourself accountable to, but make the underlying changes and don't simply invite people because they're people of color. You want to invite people that are the right fit, but having that objective holds you accountable and then hold yourself accountable to an outside body. That's why, again, it helps to work with DEI experts and consultants that can come in and do audits for you and give you a game plan. And PR people, we love a strategic plan. We love a roadmap (laughs) because it works, right? It does. It it works. You should have a game plan for your diversity efforts as well. Right. You know, not only does the game plan serve to lead the way, but it also in and of itself it communicates and it helps establish this within your organization. So it's, it is totally key. And, you know, I've often thought for organizations, perhaps this might be more in the nonprofit world, but you know, every five years or so you do a strategic planning session with an expert and, you know, make that one of the main pillars of your strategic plan. And that's, that's a great way to just build in that, that, check in with your organization and with yourself and thinking of, you know, salient ways to start, you know, making these habits. I mean, you know, the demographics of our whole nation are changing. And, and I personally, I think that's exciting and and thinking of all the great viewpoints and, and things that, oh my gosh, all the, all the opportunities we might've missed, you know, in years past. So yeah, I, th- I think it's completely worthwhile, but it's not easy. Yeah. It's not easy. In our, in our, I agree. I mean, yeah. and as communicators, we sometimes, we cannot shy away from these issues. So some of the things that we're already doing, we are examining messaging to make sure that there's nothing offensive to a particular group of people. We're, we're looking in a new way at language and the way that we frame right. things. 
But it also means going deeper and being honest, having honest conversations. I'll give you a real world example that happened to me. There was someone that approached me and they wanted to, you know, be inserted into the story about women's issues. And I, this beautiful company, beautiful, you know, leadership, but the person commenting was going to be a male. And when I looked at their organization, their top leadership was largely white men. And so I advised against it because that you're out of sync. It You have the right, your heart is in the right place. Your intentions are in the right place. And even though you believe in these things, there's no action behind what you're telling other people to do. You can't go out and say to everybody else, you know, women deserve a seat at the table. There are smart, capable women at thinking of them as this other class that they should have as much access to opportunity as men. But then you look at your own leadership and it doesn't reflect anything that you're saying. Right. We as PR people really have to have the ability to have those hard conversations and to educate our clients on, on why these initiatives and some things that they want to do don't make sense. Um, this month is Black History Month, and I'm sure you've all run into the question of what do we say? Do we say anything? What do we do? It's, right. you know, Women's History Month, by the way, heads up is next month. So get prepared for that. And, and there's going to be, you know, there's all these these months that, you know, celebrate the diversity of our country. So you're going to have these questions throughout the year. And, you know, in, in a lot of ways, I think that maybe we could take the the heat out of that discussion by thinking, what do you do for um, Breast Cancer Awareness Month? Right. Well, maybe nothing if you're a car dealership, because what do cars have to do with breast cancer? Um, Not unless your founder is a breast cancer survivor and it's a passionate cause and you guys are involved in breast cancer initiatives throughout the year. So when you think of it in those terms, some of the questions that we ask around these, around these other types of months that have to do diversity, we can see how silly it all sounds because we have a lot of emotion and a lot of would have, should have, what should we be doing? We fear that by doing the wrong thing or not doing anything at all, that we're, we're going to make a misstep. But I think that we have to, you know, have a clear head even around those kinds of questions. Yeah. And, and I think now more than ever, um, just with the polarized nature of our world that we live in, you know, where, where anything can set someone off, not, not that you should be afraid to assert your messaging, don't, but know that, oh, I was just saying hello today and, oh, you know, that kind of thing can happen. But, yeah, it's like, is am, am I on the field of this, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. or, or is it just the thing to do, you know? Um, yeah, I'll say, you know, one of one of my client dealerships, they're, the brand, you know, has walks, charitable walks for breast cancer. So they, they try and make all of the, you know, all of the dealerships do it. But it, sometimes it doesn't fit for everyone. Like personally, where, we're, where we are located, both walks are far enough away. And, and then, you know, and then you look at the other side of it of the pink washing, which has definite reality. So you think, all right, well, how, how much, how far do we want to go with this? What does it really matter to our day to day? You know, so you just judge and like, okay, of course we want to show we care because we do care, you know, and just play it to the way that's most authentic to you, you know, with this or any month, you know, it's like, 
you're not all welcome. You know, if everyone posted about Taco Tuesday on Tuesday, oh my goodness, the internet would be crazy. Yes. I mean, I, I love that point too. You have a client though that is walking the talk. So it it is authentic. It's authentic for them to participate in Breast Cancer Awareness Month because it's something that they're participating in anyway as a company. Right. So companies have causes, they have yeah. things that they're involved in. So it's natural to participate in in these, you know, moments because it's authentic to them as an organization. When it comes to diversity, I get that it's trickier because unfortunately, a lot of companies aren't participating in it, but they need to be. But it's not a good idea to not be participating in it, not be trying to do anything. And then to jump in with some Martin Luther King quote from in Black History Month, please do not do that. Decide that the two Black employees that you do have are all of a sudden super popular and you're going to make them the spotlight employee of the month. Make them the spotlight of employee of the month because they deserve that in yeah. November or October or March. Exactly. Or I mean, exactly. And that's where you can rely on your PR counselor to just, you know, we are the cringeometers. We're going to tell you if something is going that. to appear cringy. I'm like, I know your heart's in the right place, but please don't do that. Yeah. I love um, Chip's comment that, and he's absolutely right. Somebody is almost always going to be offended. Yeah. But look at this. I agree with Chip. It's it's more important to do the right thing than to say the right thing. Sometimes we're going to get the words wrong. Even as communicators, we're going to get it wrong because we're not perfect human beings. And you have, you know, that's why we have crisis plans. That's why we prepare for these things. But here is what I've said for years. If you have an ethical foundation as a company and if your culture from top to bottom is ethical. And if you have deposited into your audiences by always doing the right thing, a misstep is not going to take you down. Right. And your audience who knows you, it's, you know, it's, uh-huh. they become kind of like your family. If right. you say something stupid to, you know, around your family, they're not going to hate your guts and, and kick you out of the family and say, right. you need, you're off the island forever and ever and ever. Right. They're right. going forgive you if you have consistently shown your character to them because they know you and they know that people are human. You may irritate them in the moment. (laughs) It may sound really dumb. They may tell you that it was really dumb to say, but they will not cast you out forever. So I think that Chip's point is something that we have to keep in mind as communicators and something that we have to encourage our clients because I don't know about you guys, but I found that, you know, in you know, almost 20 years of being in this business, companies are really, they tend to really be shy about any type of change, any type of conflict. And so they end up staying stuck in like a really narrow thing that they just do over and over and over and over again. And it takes a little like poke, 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 poke to get them to out of their comfort zone. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, totally true. Because, you know, granted, they're focused on the business at hand. You know, so that's, which makes perfect sense, but realizing, well, there's a little more to this. There's a culture to build around it. But yeah, I mean, if you have all that goodwill in the bank, then, then your, your people know you. I mean, case in point, this has nothing to do with diversity, but recently in my little region, you know, the little coupon clipper books you get, um, one of the Valentine's ads, the cappuccino design somehow um, slipped in a faded photo of a, an obscene naked man. And this went to print and went in people's mailboxes. And the pizza shop was 
mortified. And you know what? To their credit, everyone, well, we all know you. We know you were a family place. And honestly, every, most, I didn't see one backlash post against them. It, it was, thanks for the laugh. We're all so uptight these days. We need the laugh. You know, we're all so tense. So thank you. And they pro- their business was probably booming, although I would not recommend that as a tactic. <laughs> Yeah, definitely home. No, I was very glad. I'm like, oh, so glad that was not. And oh, I would still be in the corner, you know, in the fetal position of no, 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 no. I I'm not even sure how like because that means that somewhere out there was floating this picture of naked guy. Apparently, he's a meme. Uh he's I was not aware of him. Um, and yeah, I'm still not sure. I quite understand how that. Yeah, the proofing process. Oops. So, uh, pro tip: make sure yeah, you use uh, your nice big monitors and zoom on in and <laughs> proof, proof, proof your things. And and people, this is why when you put an ad in a third party place like that, always ask for a printer's proof or some kind of a final proof. Yeah. Sorry, back to the topic at hand. That is a good tip. That is going to be tip. a control freak sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you know if there's a takeaway from today's discussion is that we all have a lot to learn. And even if you are an advocate for diversity as a, you know, separate from being a PR communicator, we still always have to keep a level head and understand that um, these are things that some of us are very passionate about, but you cannot give counsel from passion alone. Right. You need to really understand your client organizations and you really need to th- help them to think through this critically and strategically, but it is to their benefit. And I can't drive that home enough. There's a whole TED talk. We have a blog post on Solo PR Pro where we talked about this issue. I think it was in context of cognitive biases, but there's a whole TED talk that talks about how being anti-racist benefits everyone. And it along those same lines, becoming a diverse organization, really and truly, it's beyond being the feel-good squishy, we're a good, we're a good company, you know, we're doing the right thing. It is a financial benefit. This these are the things that CEOs can sink their teeth into. They can sink their teeth into the fact that this is going to benefit our bottom dollar, our bottom line, because what's the language of the executive suite? It's money, Mm -hmm. (laughs) period. It's just money. And I'm not, not to say that companies are not ethical or that they don't have vision and want to serve, but without money, they can't do any of those things. So as a communicator, understanding those metrics can really help you to, you know, have these discussions and pave the way. It's not just, oh, this feels good. It's the right thing to do because that often falls on deaf ears. You need to learn how to speak in business language. And so paint the picture, be it, you know, pull out some of these statistics and metrics to say, here's why this matters because it makes us more money. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, if you have to start there, that's a good place to start. Well, we hope we've given you a bit of a starting point or, you know, maybe some glean some information of, of perhaps uh, if you're dealing with these issues with your clients or you or if you know you need to broach this topic with your clients. So we just hope we've 
we've been a, a little bit helpful today. That makes us happy. And um, if this has been valuable to you, please do share it around. And thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you next time on That Solo Life. Mm-hmm.